Okay. So, um, history is the historical perspective. I think we're just going to blend these two classes together. It's just going to be us. Yeah. Instead of, you know, there are people who are coming from one or the other. Yeah. And um, what, what I want to take, I want to uh, spend some time uh, dealing with a uh, Soloveitchik uh, idea. And the rest of the time, yeah, that one, oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. And the rest of the time, to actually deal with um, a discovery of the past and finding in the past similar things to the way we see them today, and of course differences. Um, so we're going to start today talking about a couple of theories that Rabbi Salvechik sort of put together. He put them in his own, he put them together in his own unique way, but a lot of them sound similar to things you've probably heard in the past. And the Salvechik part of the show is about... Is this the Beis Yes, the Beis yes. Is about it's sort of centered here in, in, in this week's parasha, uh, but it, 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 it has a lot bigger implications than where he begins. So what's this week's parasha? Oshala. Oh, a lot of stuff. Like well, it's known. It's been. <laughs> it's known it's historically. No, it's Shabbashira. Oh. It's Shabbashira. The parasha of Shira Hayah. You never knew of Shabbashira? Yeah. If you take a look. Yeah. Why don't we Why don't we start with? I'll show you the. This is the major lady sheet that I have here for you. It's a lot of stuff. But I think you're talking on the right now. No, you're going to know. You're going to know. You're going to know it so well. You're going to show it. You're going to show it. Lean up. I show it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The, uh, it starts actually on the second page here. you want me to get the other uh, base of lady? Do you want the uh, Rashi? I, I know that you guys will be back. Do you want the ones without the Rashi? The ones with the... Um, yeah. Can we go I have it in a normal script. Not normal. Okay. I have it in the show. I have it in the show. It's not just something new. When we finish something, we make a tea. Okay. We don't make a party before. <laughs> not kindergarten. We have to finish something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to finish something first. Let me get hot stuff. I did. I did. I Always a, a topic that gets people's interest because it's sort of a 
supernatural memory that we have in Amalek. And um, one, of the, the, one of the points, well, let's take a look at the end of the Jewish parasha. We have the story of the Jewish, um, the eternal struggle against Amalek, as you can see, our scroll. Mitzvah for us to fight 
or is the, you know, the thing Hashem will take care of them? Is it a positive mitzvah to fight Amalek? But the interesting thing is that we go to the Parsha uh, way in the end of Sacred Dvarim, and Parsha Tisaytse, uh, the end of Parsha Tisaytse, that's in the article, page 1066, the year of the signing of the Magna uh, Carta. Is that right? The War of the Magna Carta. It was a good year. And it's the year that was, remember that show? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, as you see here, Pesachid Zion has a mitzvah on the top of page 1066. Remember what I'm going to do. Right? The Derech says something to Mitzvah. He attacked us. He struck the ones, the weak ones, the ones that are behind you. After you were tired and tired, he didn't have the fear of God. Um, but then, the prophet says, and when you're pretty much settled in Israel, when you're pretty much settled from the, you know, the, the beginning battles from all the other nations, seven nations you have to get rid of, and the other nations that have this animosity towards you for other reasons, now it's time for you to do something else. Timcha Zechah Molek. To go out positively and wipe a Molek out in the Tachat Whereas our Pesach seems to say, Hashem does it, right? Hashem seems, our Pesach and our Parsha seems to say that this is a battle with God. Or at least the, the nullification of a Molek is, is determined by God. And here it seems to say we do it. And again, you could say we do our efforts and Hashem finishes off. What's interesting, there seems to be two partials of Amalek. There's the partial of Amalek in this week's partial, partial of Meshalach, and the partial of Amalek in Tuesday. And one seems to be more God, and one seems to be more us. The paradox is that that partial is the partial of human war, but it ends with this mystical description that I will obliterate Amalek. I put my hand, I put the hand on the throne of God, right? And here it says, it's a mitzvah. And like the Rambam says, every year you got to shake people up and you got to tell them the story. Just like the three-minute hate in, in, in 1984. You're sitting in front of the telescreen and images of Amalek show up and you're going to say, oh, we were horrible, oh, he was terrible. And the Rambam says it has to be described in a way to get your emotions going that you're going to want to go out and do battle. And that's the mitzvah. And we know that we still fulfill this mitzvah every year. Every year. You know, they say, we're reading Parsha Zohar this year, right? And they give a crop and the bima, and they say, the fulfillment of the mitzvah in the Torah, right? You go here, Parsha, yes, you know. You go here, Parsha Zohar, right? Right before the Shabbat, before Purim, you go to Shul, right? And everybody goes to Shul to hear the Parsha, right? And then they have a special wedding for women, right?
it comes from the parasha. Moshe Rabbeinu institutes it as a takana, right? However, reading the parasha of Amalek is a mitzvah in the Torah. It's more than just the takana of, of the of Kriya Torah. So the question is, it seems like the reading of the parasha is like the Rambam says, to get you inspired to go do your battle, right? Well, that's when you read it. It's how many times the Torah
and it's quoting a pasuk in Yirmiyo, and there's the tzicha in the introductory section of Echa. But Yitzhak Pasach. Yitzhak Pasach. Yisra, it's like this, Zavarach here, uh, the second shot is Zavarach here, <laughs> he's starting in the middle of Zavarach here, second shot is the Pesach of Yirmiya. Boy shnuki shamanu cherpa. We're so embarrassed because we heard, and there was not only did the Cost of klima panenu. Our faces were covered with embarrassment. Then the pasuk continues. Ki bol zorim al mekat mitzvah Hashem zehurben risham zehurben shenim. Now again, the pasuk in the totality is the following: We were embarrassed. We heard our serpa. We had embarrassment all over our face because. The, the strangers came into our base on Mikdash and destroyed it. That's what the prophet says on a simple level. The Medrash inserts into this prophet that we split. There's, the prophet is saying there's one sort of embarrassment of hearing the cherpa, of hearing the, the, the scandalous thing. The second thing is, is that our faces are covered with shame. Those represent two days. Shabbat the Batamas and Tishabab. Now, if they if they only mean the historical Shabbat the Batamas when the um, when the Romans broke through and started butchering people in the city, and Tishabab is when everything ended and the Beit Hamikdash was ignited and burnt down, then it's really all the same thing. It's really a process from one to the other, right? If Shabbat Shabbat Tammuz means the 17th day of Tammuz, the way we know that that was the beginning of the end, when the siege became dirty and people were being killed in the streets, and then Tishabah is just a horrible ending of that, and that's what the three weeks are about, then really, as he's going to say, there's no room to split these things up, but to say one means Shabbat Shabbat Tammuz, one means Tishabah. It must mean that Shabbat Shabbat Tammuz and Tishabah don't mean the event necessarily connected to the Horban, although they definitely mean that too, but also proto-events that occurred in Jewish history that caused the Horban to happen. So, strap yourself in. The Dibra Medrash HaLoh Trisen Beaver. If you look at the Medrash, it needs to be explained. Lahabin Kavanotha. First of all, the Mashaich says, Lahani Shnei Inyonim, Shoshiv Oser Metamah, Vatisha Babalazadi. Why are we putting these two uh, connected to this topic? The God, the Why are we splitting it in two? If you think about it, Shemot of the Tamas is not so embarrassing to be a victim. The embarrassing thing is some, you know, the embarrassing thing might be something else. But, you know, is, is, is it such an embarrassment? I guess it is an embarrassment to be, for Romans to break into the city. Still, the question is answered, but the question is only a send up for the answer. Asher Nira Bibiro. Did he may be a Zion Batamas Mishtabru Harucho? Shalot Batamas isn't just the day that the Romans cracked the walls. It was also the day that Moshe Rabbeinu found the Jews dancing around the golden calves and broke Harucho. Avrochet Abel. And Tishabov, we know, historically, what was the Tishabov? Hoyahachet Shomarantam. That was the chet of the spies, right? The spies returned with their report. They incited the people, and the people pretty much 
felt that they should go back to Mitzrayim and they cried and didn't know what to do. They thought that God was bringing them in to a place to kill them, but there was no way that they could conquer Israel and they were depressed and upset and they... Those were the two prime chatoi. Now, as we know, it was the Chiyashokinam, the Hukvam, the Chiyashokinam, it was a cry for no reason, and God, in a sense, punishes them by having to cry for substantial reasons. Now, when we talk about the Cheta Ego, if we say that Tish, the Shabbat of the Thomas means the Cheta Ego reaches its pinnacle, it doesn't mean when the Medr speaks about what Shabbat of the Thomas means, although that is years, thousands of years later, or whatever it was, the Corbin did occur, on that day, the beginning of the Chorban did occur, but when you say Shabbat Shabbat you don't mean that. You mean the essence of Shabbat Shabbat goes back to the events of the Ego. Now, in terms of the Ego, there's a, a tremendous uh, amount of literature written on it. He's going to selectively choose a couple of statements here. But it represents, and I'm sure an interpretation you've heard many times, behind the Zohar, Parshat Kitzvah. The Zohar says in Parshat the main building and and sacrificing, I guess, but for sure the construction of the Eagle uh, was done primarily by the Eir of Rav. They've heard about that. Those were these semi-converts, these Egyptian wizards, these these people that were known as scientists, perhaps in Egypt, who grabbed on to the Jews. Most of the whole interesting discussion as to why Moshe let them in and why they were accepted, and Moshe Rabbeinu argued for their acceptance. What? Yeah. Oh no, he. Yeah. Well, I don't think he was. Yes. I think it was Dathan. He was. He was. He was Dathan. Right. He wasn't. You're right, but some music. They were about were more like these creepy, according to the Zohar, these creepy magical types who, you know, these geeky guys who wanted to join up with the, right? I know Edward G. Robinson, where's your Moses now, right? Mm-hmm. Billy Crystal always in the thing. But the, uh, but the, but, but the truth was is that, the, that we do have a sense of blaming the Medrash tells us that the actual making of, a, of an icon and an idol so close from the time of Mount Torah was really foisted upon them, instituted by the lower Arab Rav, who weren't Jews for too long, or weren't even Jews at all. In fact, the, the, the Medrash says, like the Zohar, a Medrash, a Yalkut, says, Musolomo Yitro Meosa Maisa. Yitro were really saved from it. They were really removed from the actual act of the making of the Abel. Because if the truth is, the Medrash says, They should have said, this is our God, not this is your God. The words that were used in, in, in Parshat Kisisa by the, the instigators were, these are your God, Israel. Meaning it was outsiders who weren't Jews for that long, who didn't want really true Jews, who were saying, hey, we, we, we have embodied your principles here. Here's your God. So that shows, it must have been, okay, it must, okay, it must have been uh, outsiders. The language in the Torah indicates that it's not the Jews, it's not the Jews themselves. But they did a good job convincing them, they told the Jews, this is your God, Israel. In Ninsa, next page, 
The Ikar effect, I'm showing you Torah. You think about it then. What was the effect? If the Medrash is right, that it wasn't, you know, this, you know, this debauching and, and, and the Jews just giving themselves over to this, to these, to these impulses, but it was actually what the others were doing. So the Ikar said, look, Masha Shamal Sha'elavrav, Medabrin Dvarin Rayim, Umagunin Ke'ela. The Elavrav is saying these, these things, these insane things, these things which are not true, which they picked up from their, from their past in Egypt. They're all Mikhubiyodam, and they didn't stop them. For the Umduawayim, now here he says something which is not too politically correct. Well, Argon, they should have killed them. They should have actually perhaps killed them. My friend? What does it do, though? I'd like to know what my pen do. What does that one do? Gather pen thing. What will that do? I'm sure it's a drug. What is that? What it does? Neurotin, yes. What will neurotin do? Neurotin, it's good. It's a seed medication. It's usually used mostly for neurotin. For what? Dead nerve endings. Oh, yeah, I remember my dad had some. I think we gave him one time. Oh. I gave you the pen. Yeah, this is the pen. Okay. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay. What? The clicking. It bothers you. I am your servant, Tessie. I'm trying to do the best job I can for you. So now, the point was, is that if you take the Medrash's take on the Chet Ego, which is Chazal's take on the Chet Ego, forget about the Pshatli, but forget about what, what, what they say and what they divine from the Pesukim, which are so difficult to comprehend how the Chet could have happened. So they say it was basically the lower classes, it was the Erevrat, and most of the people weren't involved, actually. So what was the Chet? The Chet was, is that, this thing was festering and developing, and they didn't react to it. They only the Hargon. They didn't try to kill them. They shouldn't have uprooted it before it went this far. That's why the Medrash said, Boshnu, we were embarrassed. We heard it. We heard the embarrassing thing. We heard the, the scandalous thing. We knew, we knew what was going on. Why? Yanki also yekata mashishamu divashirut in me'erevrat. Vomichu ben karoyu. That's what shamanu cherpa. Now here's the beautiful part. Kosto klimo panenu. Tears. I'm sorry. The tears are coming up. The, the embarrassment covered our face. That's tishubov. Sha'oz hayachet li yashal ba'atzmo. It wasn't just that we heard something and didn't react to it. But that our face is covered with embarrassment. That symbol, what's the symbol of that embarrassment? The symbol that's actualized by the crying of the Jews, the Bochu Bechir Shochinam, and that wasn't just the Eretz <laughs> That crying of the Chet of the Miraglim affected everyone. In terms of the Chet Egel, let's even assume from the death toll of the Chet Egel that was so small, 3,000, compared to the whole Jewish people, whereas 40, if you remember, by the, by the sins of the, of the Benot Midian, when they got involved with the Midianite women, it was 60,000 who died, because there's 50 or 60,000 who died, uh, 24,000, I'm sorry, 24,000 that died, and here there was only 3,000 who died in the Chet Ha'ekel. Was it? Okay, I hate to be stupid, but I can't remember. 
It was the same year, the Chaita Ego, the Chaita Maratim was a year later. Was, was, was the next year. It was the next, that's what I thought. The next, next year, year. right. So that, I have a problem with that already because it's not, historically, I mean, Sivarta Thomas and Tisabla going through the park, but here we're talking about over a year later. Right, of course. Doesn't that seem a little but, but in other strange? Words, in other words, it's not just about. Okay, but what he's saying is, is that these are the, these dates took on significance. The date she lost at the time, the date that corresponds to the 17th day of Thomas, took on significance in Judaism when the ego was done. And the day the Tisha both took on significance in Judaism when the day when they cried by the miracle. And those, as he's going to develop here, represent two polar axes of him. Can you tell me something else that happened after that Thomas? Well, there's a whole description of it, and in time it says it's also the day that, um, that they stopped bringing the carbon tonnage for the first time. Five things it says, the mission of time says, five things occurred on Shabbat to the Tommy. They stopped producing the was burnt. Uh, a neighbor against the learning Torah. It burnt all the different Torah that they could find uh, in Israel. You're right, there's a number of, you, you could work it that way to lead and try to come up with a similarity. Now, he's got a, an act to get here. He's got a point that he wants to make. Yeah. So, uh, so you do have a Shabbat of the Thomas test, and you do have a Tishabot test. So the Shabbat of the Tishabot test, he says, really affected more people than, than the Shabbat of the Thomas test. Even though it's more astounding and it was, you know, described, you know, in, in, in the movie, how they jumped around around the Eagle Azor and did Abodazara and danced around it. Ultimately, from our perspective, it was, uh, it, 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 it affected an actuality, although, again, there was, there was long-term results of this that Eagle he's going to talk about, but in actuality, more people were involved in the Chet of the Maraglin than the Chet of the Eagle. And, and therefore, it, it can be referred to by this verse in your Miyahu as the embarrassment cloaked our face because we're all crying. And those tears, we should be embarrassed that we had those tears. And more people were involved in the eleven because they went along with them? Okay. More people believed it and, and really took it to heart what was being said and were really in doubt as to whether they could survive in Israel than were the thought that they should throw away God for this idol. I know. That most people just did not they, they knew it was there and they didn't react to it, which, of course, shows a weakness to it. It shows an affinity to it, but it's not that it was actually broken their faith. It was embarrassing. You stood by, did you let your kid do this? Right? That's a lot worse when you're the one that's doing it. Right? Your kid's running around in show and the parents are sitting out there smoothing and some person comes over to them and says, how can you let kid run around like that? Well, you're embarrassed. Yeah. On the other hand, when you're running around and they're coming over to you, then you're really embarrassed, right? But there's a, there's a message, so, you know, something about message, yeah. about first of all, that that was how the, um, the door, how many far was tested. Every, the message is that every first of all, people dug grave, dug right, into the grave, and they, right. and they waited to see who woke up in the morning. That's and right. thousands of people died. That's right. Of the 38 years. Right. I mean, that's the whole message. That's one of the most No, no, the point was that the Jews were... Well, 
But the Pasuk already says something that they're all going to die. The Medrash is only telling us how it happened. A possibility. The Medrash is only telling us what, what, what did they just, did they die, did they all basically die on Tishabot? The Pasuk already says not one person is going to go into the right. land right. who, from 20 to 60. Now, the women went in, right? But the men from 20 to 60 all died. Wow. Because they believed the Marathon and they wanted to go back. So, so, so what happened was they had to go and dig there. You're right, the Medrash says, how did the deaths occur? The deaths occurred on Tisha B'Av. No one knew who was going to die, and they weren't exactly sure. It really turned out the older ones, the ones... So every night, everybody would have to dig their graves, and they would stand up, they would see... It's not ridiculous, because the will of God was they should all die. Uh, but it's just what you see now here, going back to this thinkers, the question is, is, is that really what happened, or is that a message to explain the that it missed? It doesn't say anywhere in the comments that everyone does their grave on top okay. of it. Okay, all right. So, but the Torah says already, Ali, that no one, that they're all going to die. Yes. The message, we know the they're going to die, but we don't really know how they died. Right, okay. So well, we, we know it was the will of God. We know it was an unnatural death. We know it was a death right. that was okay. meted out as a punishment. But think Once about you accept it. all that... Think about yeah. it. Think about a God who would have you uh, uh, dig a grave and get into it and try and, and, you know, and then wait to see if you wake up in the morning. Does not that sound more like a, like a... Fairy tale. No, not so much a fairy tale. Like a... <laughs> like a hit down, like a death box, like some sort of jackboot guy who go sit in the grave and, and, and agonize. It's not the kind of... I, 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 not I, I, what you would expect from... Uh, a loving God? Right. The point is, well... It turns, it turns out, I would say, I would say what, hap- what happened is, even according to this measure, is that they pretty much knew that when they would reach 60, that that was it. But God said, everybody from 20 to 60, only the ones under 20 are getting in. Right. Right? He also knew, he also told them it's going to be 38 years, you guys are going to be here in the desert. So they knew...
Since the, the sin was a tissue about the, the, the death, the death, the death. I don't accept it as death. I accept it as a method of trying to explain, you know. Which I, it's not trying to explain it. The reason why they got it is that God said they were going to die. No, it's trying to explain the, the, the severity of the faith and the and that there's no getting away from, from it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure that that's what happened, but everybody just that in one night like that. But they didn't. Every year. I mean, you know what you're saying, numbers of people. You know, you can make peace with, with, with your situation. Yeah. You know that you're going to die that day, too. It doesn't sound right, because uh, Tuba'a was the day when nobody died. So didn't they die oh, that was the last year. No, the very last year. Fortieth year, two bob based on the oh, we know nobody's dying anymore. So that's what Joe was saying. One of the significances of two bob, the fifteenth of us, is that it's tied into what Helene is saying. That since every year they would, hey, you're going to make a call in the middle of class. I can do that. So the uh, every year two bob, that the last year in the desert on the fifteenth day of us, they knew definitively that they weren't going to be dying anymore. So that was the simcha. And the reason was because six days had passed since Tisha above and no one had died. Okay, we know that it's... You know, let's, let's go on over here, okay? Because I really think we're, we're going to miss something. We'll get back to your point. No, about, uh, we'll get back to your point. That's okay. We don't have to discuss that metric anymore. No. Yeah. No, 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 it's on the no, To me, Helene, the metric is actually just a description of how the Xavier that God already delineates <laughs> is going to happen. Uh, uh, delineates how the Xavier that God decrees is going to happen. Isn't the hate with the able when the Levites kill the people? Wasn't God killed them? Yeah, that's true. That's Where in the other case, God kills them. God kills them out in the desert. Continues. That's really we're talking about these two saints. These are the two prime sins of the Jewish people in the desert. I mean, nothing. There's nothing terribly radical in what he's saying yet. But I want to show you how he fleshes it out, and I think he does it in a rather original way. Okay, so he says, so let's go on, on the first paragraph of page 25. He says, is there, are you the Tisha Bob? And that's what he says, and we have a similar... No, no, I'm, 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 I'm playing around. I'm not playing around. There's nobody to pull, to turn off the stuff. I'm putting it down. I know, and I'm just pivoting with you, I'm teasing you. That's why the prophet says, and again, where do you find this idea? Where do you find this idea that, the, again, the prophet in Yermiyahu was that Kosas of Klima Panenu, that Klima, embarrassment covered our faces. So he says, you have another prophet in Malachi that says, Kosas Dima et Amizveach. That tears covered the Mizbeah, and that was on Tisha B'av. So the idea of tears covering a face, covering the Mizbeah, covering us, so it's a parallel to Tisha B'av. Why? And that's why the end of the prophet says that was the Zorin who came on the Mikdash, that was the Chorban Rishon Vashemi. Now, the Avur, Anishmei Minichatayim, it was these two prime types of sins, the sin represented by the 17th day of Thomas, and the sin represented Tisha B'av, both temples were destroyed, each one for a different reason. Okay? In other words, there are two prime sins, two temples, one lines up to the other. So we'll see how we go. It's clear from books that are written by Marzadigal and Ramban, all the way back and other places, that the Aferis Adibros, 
are the Kral Kolaterakula. That's the Parsha, the Teret Adibruk. They incorporate within them the whole Torah. The Kolaterakula nirmas of the Nichlovahem. In a way, the whole Torah is hinted at and included in the words of the Ten Commandments. We're not sure exactly. There have been many attempts. We're not sure exactly how everything lines up into which mitzvah. In Kosa, they bring them on. They're obviously right in what they say. But Bada do came. They knew what they were talking about. Vehimet. Oh, there's another thing that the rabbis say is, and this is a little bit, you know, getting it a little bit finer, is that all the mitzvahs, Kulam Nikulu Bishmei Dibros Harishono, all the mitzvahs, all Tayag can be reduced to two prime mitzvahs, which are Anochi, the belief in one God, the belief in God's existence, and Loyilacha, and not going towards any idol worship. Shememru Gedibarecha, Nipiagbura. As we know, they were included into many people's lists as the first commandment. The first commandment, according to many, is Anochi and Loyilacha together. The point is, is that they are two aspects of the same idea. Right? Anochi and Loyilacha. Shememru Gedibarecha, Nipiagbura. And that's, according to many, according to many opinions, those are the only two that the Jewish people actually heard from God. Those two, Anoch and Lielocha, represent in totality all the mitzvahs. Now, if you think about why that's true, on one level you say, They really represent all mitzvahs can be divided into doing good actions or going away from bad actions. So, otherwise known as mitzvahatzei, and mitzvah lotasei. So anochi is an asei, a positive mitzvah to believe, to accept and believe, and that is the head source of all the asei toves that we have. Right? That's the anochi. Well, you also, right, don't have any other gods before me, that is the prime negative commandment. That's the father of all lotasei and surmerah. Now, what is anochi? Anochi is a mitzvah say, It's a positive command, like the Rambam says, Yitzibui, Lachamin, to believe, Shekol Mashahu B'chol Ha'olam HaMetziv. And this is his own description of the mitzvah. There might be others who describe the mitzvah differently. But Salvation's description is, Salvation's description is, it's a mitzvah to believe that everything that's in this world, everything that exists in this world, the Cholol the Prototh, in its generalities and its details, going down with prosy process, even the finest and finest of details, as I call Habari's Barakshmo Mahavos. And I think that we find this amazing world stems from God's creation of it. Who's not only did he create it, he's actually creating it constantly. He's actually constantly giving life and involved and connected to every detail of, of of everything that exists, and this goes on continuously. And if you think about it, included in this is the chiyav of kol mitzvah All the mitzvahs are a positive life affirmation. That's what they're about. The alken mechuyavim kol yitzra Since God is constantly giving life, and we have to believe that God is, is, is giving life to us, and creating us, and here with us, so what do we need to do to be part of that? 
is to serve him, to praise him, and to do all of his commandments of the mitzvah sasei. And that's why it really is, I say so, every mitzvah that we do is part of that spirit, it's part of that of that mindset that we have to have that Anochi Hashem Elokecha. Why is this so much Well, there's another part of the story. Ubakuolam Utsiv, there's a gap of, and Ubakuolam Utsiv, and that's what doing good is. Doing good is affirming the existence of God. Doing good is essentially the idea that God exists and He's here and He's constantly with us and creating, and therefore every mitzvah is part of that belief. The will which is not to have any other gods besides me. What is that? That is That's about staying away from things that are evil. It is a negative commandment. Not to believe in the lie. The shum kolchavu and to believe in any star or constellation. The low rabbod was shum nivrashavu'olam, and not to serve something besides God, and believe something else is important, and something else is controlling. Kasher also amamakadmonim, as we know the earlier nations did. But Gamshanim, I mean, about so even though he believed, basically, in the idea of the first idol worshippers, they believed in the fact that God existed. They believed that in a sense God was one in Koza, but they also thought that the system that God set up to run this world, there was a power in the constellations, a power in the stars, there was a power in these things that, that, that are, are mediums between ourselves and God. They can somehow act without God's will. They somehow have been given so much independence that if you can appeal to them, you're able to, to zap somebody, right? Because God gave them so much control, they can, not as the will of the ultimate absolute God, but because of some power that God has invested in them, they have the ability to hurt people under their control. Or these powers have can do positive things. Therefore, they figured the first thing that they saw as having such power was the sun. For the moon, and the stars, the domain. Basically, well, the reason they did that was because they figured these things are beings of power. These are celestial orbs of great power. And if we do these actions, we can somehow siphon off some energy, get in tune with them. That was the idea of Avodazar. And he says, look, in the Rambam, it says something similar in the beginning of Avodazar. The deeper this command, which is not to be suckered into them, not to feel that this is the path you want to go, that's the Rosh Vizod Wakola Isura. And every Rosh Asesha Vatara, the Hu Vachol Musur Meira. And it's basically the idea of staying away from another system, staying away from a shortcut, staying away from something that, um, and, and he's going to explain it philosophically in a second. If you think about it, you can say that every day when we say Shema, it also has these two aspects. We say Shema Yisrael. What do we say? Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Hashem Elokeinu means that's the Mitzvah of Anochi. That's Kabbalah Mitzvah of Anochi. Hashem is our God. Right? He's our God. He's with us. 
That's the idea of his existence. And all the myths that say they're included in that idea. Hashem Echad is the Kabbalah of the Rosh thing. Right? That's the idea of that there's only one. There's no other system. We can't try to shortcut. We can't, God is one, we can't jump into anything else. Um, what does that mean? It's a belief it's a Nothing else can save you. Nothing else can help you. No other system, whether it's a God, a computer program, some sort of nothing other system can really help you. Um, and it's ethic to tell the Anglo Shani Wa So therefore when we say Vashanu Echad, the Ain Bilto, that's what we say, God is one, meaning this is your only path. Hashem Echad means embrace it, accept it, live it, feel it, and do all the misses of that. Hashem Echad is saying, don't think that, you know, you can run into doing other things. Other Averos, seemingly, somehow are connected to the idea of, well, you know, I want to fulfill my desires. I don't want to live like a religious Jew right now. I like to uh, eat rape. I like to run around with women. I like to do whatever. I don't want to keep shopping. <laughs> Basically, what you're telling yourself is, is that I'll be taken care of in some other way. Either because, and he's going to actually say that what it ultimately means, well, you'll see. I'm not going to spoil it. Um, but it's setting up this para- paradigm that there's, that there's Anochi and Loyilach. Now, I know he is, I exist. Well, you look on me, is don't have any other God. Well, don't have for you any other God. Now, um, now, let's go to the next paragraph. The he may. The Yetzirah, that we all have, we all have the Yetzirah, is the It really can, it can really um, okay. So anyway, the Yetzirah, page 25, which is on the sheet that I just gave you, um, the third page, on the left-hand side of the page. In a Yetzirah, the Tapechu Gabana. The Yetzirah is sort of a chameleon. It really, it really operates on a number of different roads. The Koalfanim, Matarosam, all of them have one thing in common. What it wants to do is lachtiya adam. It wants to get you away from God, to get you to sin. Pamko, pamko, kafi mashiyahu biyodam. Sometimes it tries this track, sometimes it tries a different track. Now, v'moyahu biyodam will open echad. If it can't work one way, yitapech mamish lehetach will open achir. It actually goes, to, it, it actually tries the exact opposite. And, which is sometimes what it tries the second day is almost the opposite tack, track that it, tack that it took the day before. Why? Because maybe this will work. For example, sometimes it tries to get you into a or things like a Vodizara. And what does that mean? And Muna Hasura. It wants you to believe in some new uh, chimera, some new uh, thing that will work, some new belief. Come on, Muhammad, to see that some Muslim, you want to believe in astrology, you want to believe in stars, you want to believe there's other things that work. Right? It's the newest thing that if you do this, it'll work, right? Okay. 
Shigesh Bakokam, a halo, a hate it, right? Maybe it's antioxidants, whatever it is. It's the newest thing that can somehow hurt you or help you. The extended Lavova habit to be totally committed only to that system. Now, that's basically trying to get you to the Zehu, that is in essence, Ha'over Aloyilacha. That's trying to get you to violate the idea of you should have no other gods before me. Right? And a person who believes what his own in, in, internal nature is saying, we label him, the Troma Melech labels him, a pessy, sort of like a, uh, a simple, uh, not a simple person, but a person you can convince, a person that can, can, be, um, can, be, that can be brought off, a person, a fool in a way. Hamadin holds over rape because they believe every empty and unfulfilling thing. Now, in Roman if the HRC just can't get you to buy into the newest craze and the newest thing to be totally in everything, and you see the person is intellectually denying, and I'm not going to believe in that, I don't believe in all that garbage, I don't believe in the idols and the stars. So what does the Yetzirah do? Yetzirah jumps and does something else, almost the exact opposite. The polar, the polar opposite. We have to have to take on the the, the garment of a, of a wise man, who feels soft, and a philosopher, and a thinker. Well, my belief ha'odah, to weaken in a person's heart the amount of amuna he needs. Until it's not that he believes that the idols have power. He stops believing that God is truly here and is connected to the world. And that can sometimes lead you to a slope in denying God's existence altogether. Well, not its existence, but to believe that perhaps that God doesn't care. And the world is just being brought by nature, and God really is not involved. Because see, there's only a nature, Asherahutsvobobeisabriya. So in other words, and this really reflects the fellow, the Beitalevi's, his taste and his knowledge also of what was going on. That Avodah wasn't an issue anymore, but lack of Amunah was. Avodah it wasn't so much that people were believing in false gods, it's that they didn't have any god, and that they were starting to believe that everything was pretty much can be explained scientifically and that God really isn't involved in the world. So he actually is going to say, and I'll just the cat out of the bag, that the chet of the Miraglin is a chet against Anochi, a chet against Amuna. The chet of the, of the, of the golden calf, the chet of the chet ego, is really a, a chet that's more in line with Lohilach, searching for another path to God, or another panacea, or something, some quick thing that can somehow help us. Whereas the Marazim chet is a deeper and more essential chet, because it really ties into the second aspect, the aspect of really thinking that God can't, isn't so involved in nature, and God can't really help us, and that God really isn't here with us. That's really a much deeper chet. And that's really what he's going to develop here. Um, so, uh, but on the way, he says, let's take a look at Paro. 
He says, Kamosh Omar Kotov al Paro, the Potak and Yechesko, and Yechesko Kotov. Paro said, Yechesko was like describing how foolish Paro was. So Paro said, Li Yaori, I, the, the, the Naya belongs to me. Vani Asitani, I sort of made myself. That's the way the Medrash interprets it. Even Rashi, where Yechesko says, I did everything. I helped my nation, you know. I'm the one that knew how to marshal the Nile, and I'm the one that, that worked to make the time to what it was. But the Medrash says, the Paro says, I created myself. The Paro Omar, according to the Medrash, Shahu Osas Atmo. Paro said, I'm a God. I, I created myself. The Dvar of Elu, Harayim, the Derek Malit, the Marshal. You can't say the Paro actually went around thinking that, that he made himself, because that makes no sense. <laughs> How can somebody knew he didn't exist before his own time say he created himself? Right. Before he existed, <laughs> he wasn't around, so he knows he has a birthday, he knows that he has a history. <laughs> he can't say about himself, I've always been here. In fact, by the way, by Yosef, as the letter says, that it, was, it was a custom by the Pharaohs to actually celebrate birthdays. So obviously he knew that he was a human being and that he knew where he was. So what does that mean? I made myself. Rock, what does that mean? The Paro let out this idea he made himself. Not that he blew this, this, it's, it's, it's anti-Avodazara. Hakavona, shahu nasa, the noah me'asmo. The lozu also also. There isn't really a creator that, that took care and brought me in the world at a certain time. <laughs> I came in the world like every other human being. There's a system that people are always born, like we talked about with Michael Crane. That's what the animals develop, evolve, and, and people are born. Of course I wasn't here from the beginning of creation, but whenever the world started, if indeed it did start from a creator, there was a certain natural nature that developed, and... And, and that's the that's the normal order of things. So that's what Paro meant, according to Rabbi. That's what he's saying to Beisalegi. Not that he made himself, but that there is no God. Really, it's just that natural order. You think you know? People say the miracle of childbirth. He said it's not the miracle of childbirth. Childbirth and everything that goes on in the natural world. That's just the way all species evolve. Why does that prove that there's no God? It would have to be in an unnatural way for God to exist? Makes no sense. He took his, again, he's trying to, he's trying to um, justify his stance. He's saying, he's saying, I don't believe in God, according to his message. You're telling me there's a God who controls things. As far as I'm concerned, I made myself. Meaning, there really isn't this powerful God who What is his argument? He can make, anybody can make any claim he wants. But if you have to have a circle bit of argument, then there is none here. I, I think what he's trying to say is, is that who says that there's really a caring God who's involved? This is just the normal nature. Just look at every animal gives birth. Every, and we're just a society that's giving birth to things. You're coming to me with these bubble mites that there's this powerful, there's really this powerful being that decrees and wants. Who says there's a teva? There's a nature. I can't explain everything in nature, but I'm also a product of it, as are you. We're not, we haven't been created and put here by some celestial being. Again, this is a new take on Paro, but usually you think Paro is just 
you know, he had his own God that he believed in. The Medrash is saying that Paro was, was, was one of the original uh, co-friends, right, in that way. Uh, a denier. He really denied. And this really was a lot more dangerous than the belief in the cow god or the turtle god or the sun or the moon. Because this is basically saying this whole god thing, I mean, this is Anosi. And, you know, Anosi isn't so much, see, up until that time, a time, you know, people would say that Anosi and Loiva are two good brothers. It's basically two sides of the same coin. And he's saying they're two opposite sides of the coin. That Anosi is about concretizing, galvanizing your belief in the existence of God who's with you every moment and shares with you. And every mitzvah thing you do is meant to, to glorify God and is meant to strengthen your belief in the, how God is with you. And every rose thing you do is your refusal to buy in to any, of, any other system except God's system. Um, but they really are two opposites. Um, one is one, and, and therefore he says that Salvation uh, is saying that a human being, every Jew and every human being in a way, sometimes finds himself under attack without realizing it. Sometimes you go run one way and sometimes run the other. Right, and that's uh, his point. Because uh, I'm not saying, uh, Bernie, that, I, uh, that, 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 that power makes a lot of sense to me. He's just explaining how power could say something so nonsensical, I made myself. I made myself just means that everybody, you know, there's no maker, there's no creator at all. There's just a natural order that produces people. How do other people explain this? Um, you could say what he's saying is, is that Niyatitani uh, is that I am responsible for all the success that I have. As opposed to I created myself. I made myself, a self-made man, right, as we say. Not that it's the negative thing, is that I made myself, I actually made, which means that his interpretation sounds right, if that's what the message is saying. Next, the Ba'od, Yolichu, Sholil, and once it's got you there, that you believe that there's just nature, or, or that nature is primary, that takes you, makes fear of the then you start, you, you deny that there actually was a creation at all. Once you give so much credence to the natural forces, then, as you know, you know, this was in, in, in the Greek times, there was the standard belief, and even the time of the Rambam, as we talked about last night, that was the main battle the Rambam was fighting, was people who didn't believe uh, in, that there was crea- creation ex nihilio, that the world was always here. So once once you uh, begin ascribing so much significance to natural forces, what it eventually gets you, salvation says, it's a slippery slope. Eventually, you cut God out of the system altogether, and you say that the universe has always been there. Who says there's any? Okay, like today we have other scientists that think other things about big bangs and things like that. But we know that for many hundreds of years, this was. The main, one of the main things Judaism was fighting was the ones, like, the people who believed there was no God. Um, or that if God exists, he is the, God's always been there. There's not a, 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 a moment of creation, a pantheistic God or something like that. Um, so, the co-inyan zeh, this is really to take us away from that myth of anohi. Now, 
You have a cute interpretation here, which I'm going to tell to you outside. There's a Gemara Kedushin says, what does the Yitzhahara do? One opinion says that it's misgaber on you every day. It strengthens itself on you every day. And the other opinion says it a little differently. It's misgaber on you every day. Misgaber, which means it gets stronger. Misgaber means it becomes new. So he says, those are the two trap packs to take. But the two tracks are, one thing is misgaber. It's got you in its clutches, it just goes stronger and stronger. Now, Nechadesh is that it actually switches. When it speeds, it can't get you one way, it gets you a different way. That's why the Gemara in Kedushan actually refers to the Eitzahar as a Nechadesh, and alternatively as a Mitgaber. Mitgaber means like, what, like when you start giving too, when you start, when you start losing your hold on how much God is part of your life, and it gets stronger and stronger to a point that God becomes insignificant altogether. Perhaps you can even start saying, I'm not even sure if there was a creation. How do you get rid of it if other people have it on you? Oh, well, that's a, I think you can actually talk about that on the next page. How you get rid of these problems, these prime nature hearts, how can you get rid of them? Um, the next paragraph, the paragraph on the bottom of page 25, he says these are the two sins of the ego and the miragra, and then we turn to page uh, 26. Um, if you take a look on the very top line, of course the ego is obviously a hodazar, it's trying to download a new system. It's not they don't believe in a spiritual power, they, they're trying to download the power of the ox, the power of the ego, whatever that meant, they were trying to buy in into some quick fix way out, or some way where they, they still owned up to a creator. They still they just felt that there was some other path that they should take. That was like you got there. Well, that was like Apple in the Ragman. Oh, holy bosom, drop about his arach. It was all about his dar in the Ragman. It wasn't they wanted another system. Rock out of Apple. Somebody I said were half of Mamish. It was the polar opposite of the ego. It was Bishkasar and Muna. This, by the way, shows us, again, let's step back for a second. Again, it's a little bit different the way you hear things. Usually you see the Bishkasar go hand in hand. He's willing to put them intellectually into two different spheres. The chet of the Maraglim was a lack of a Muna. It wasn't, it didn't stem from a wrong belief or easy belief or a belief that, that didn't have, like, for example, the, all the Losa says are very strict, right? So you say, what do I need? All these strictures. Let me throw in my lot with Balsaphone or with the, or, or some other idol that I don't have to, I can live a Bacchanalian life. But you do still believe in the basic construct of that there's a creator and there's these powers. The idea of, of the Miraglim, though, was the reverse. There was a lack of belief altogether. It was just basically what? That's what they said. He's stronger than him. Stronger than God. In other words, these forces are something God can't help us with. A country that's, that is, that has these hugely powerful giants and, 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 and fortified cities, God's not going to help you with that. God can't help you conquer a country when you have these, these enemies that are so, that are so vicious and are, they're so outstanding. Why? As the Medrash says, the fourth line on page 26, that's what it says, Balabayas, Eno Yocho Lachotzi Misham Kelo. That's what they said. They said, the owner can't get his 
came about. There might be God who was able to take us this far, but he can't get us into that place. They basically put on their rational glasses and they said, saw those fortified cities, the Yoshev B'nei says that there were these giant people, these, these Muslim men, there's no way we, a bunch of slaves, there's no way we can ever go in there and conquer this country. So the set, that set was really a stab into the whole belief of believing in a caring God who's always with us. That's the way Shivat of Thomas is different. An opposite almost than Tishabov. And if you look at the two periods of the first commonwealth and the second commonwealth and what caused the destruction of the temple in each, they were basically disparate in these two sins. Of course, it's 400 years, hard to generalize over such a long period. If we want to reduce it for, just for learning's sake, the first temple was basically Avodazar. The Gemara says it was strife with Avodazar. What is Avodazar? That's the angel. Of Yudzayim Batamus and of Bayesheni, Rochoyachet Avodazar Klau. There really wasn't Avodazar involved in the Second Temple. Now, the Iker, and he's going to say something here again that's going to sound politically incorrect, but I'm going to, again, I'm not telling you my own ideas, I'm just telling you his ideas. The Iker is so Chorbono. We want to know why the Second Temple was destroyed. Choya al Yudei Sha'az was because in that time, the first poison was what? Yitzchad Shukat HaTzedukim. The Sadducees. They might have been small, but their philosophy was very strong. Why? Shekafu Ba'amuna. They basically did not believe, and Josephus actually bears this out, they didn't really believe in Karba Onish, they didn't really believe in an Olam Ha'am, they didn't believe in a lot of the great Amuna that the Prussian believed in. But primarily, was the way we know them as, they didn't believe in the Kabbalah of Chachmein Huzal. They didn't believe in the traditions of the rabbis. Was Barash HaTorah Shaviksav. Al-Yidei Kabbalotam. V'Torah Shabbat. We, in a way, again, this is not the conservative take on this. The conservatives say that the Prussian were the, were the radical new people. We say that everybody was a Prussian up until the time of the Tzadikah. Right? This is what we believe. We believe, again, the Orthodox believe that the Tzadukim were actually the newer, the new guys. Right? Geiger really put things around and said that the Prussian were the, were the new thinkers. They were the conservative Jews of the time who wanted to alter Judaism that was calcified and couldn't move, and therefore they came up with Torah Shabbat. Abraham Geiger, the, sort of the head of the reform, the first great reform rabbi was really a reform rabbi. Great meaning of, uh, he was a leader and he thought about how they were going to change it. And he was a historian too. Um, as Hirsch says, you know, Hirsch knew him from, they, they were together in, in, in Mannheim uh, in the university. They, they took a class together, a, uh, 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 what's it called again? Um, when you learn how to give your options, uh, his name in English. Homiletic class. I did the homiletic class and uh, together. And um, someone said, but Geiger is very smart. He said, that's the problem. 
Clam a minute, I'm busy, you know the lot, he's a smart guy. So Geiger came up with this idea that to do him, and you'll hear in England in conservative school, that the, the Prussian of the Bayashani were the heroes, and they were the ones that weren't going to allow the Torah to be so, uh, so, so, so frozen, like the Tzadukim. The Tzadukim didn't believe in Torah Shabbat Meaning Torah Shabbat not this, this, this ball and chain that stops you from interpretation. Torah Shabbat actually would freeze you to interpret. Anyway, I don't want to spend more time with that. This is the standard interpretation of the Tzadukim. But the Tzadukim came around, the Sadducees, and came and said, what do we need your ball and chain of the Kabbalah of Chachmenuzal? Because you're, you're, these are the traditions which you guys have been hoarding since the time of Moses. You know what? We don't need that. We don't believe in you. You guys are making this up. This is a cabal that you've come out of this interpretation. We don't deny that this text is holy and it has divine inspiration, but we'll use our own brains to explain it. We'll use our own natural abilities and, and sensibilities to explain what the Torah means here. Um, and can see who he's referring to. You see that he's, he has clearly in mind celebrating the Tzadukim of his own time. Umizeh mitzmach with the soul And by having the Tzadukim around and accepted as another group, they weren't just, they weren't marginalized completely, but they were, they were there and they actually had power and there was a Sanhedrin of Tzadukim for a while and there was the king, Yanai Amela, who had been involved with the Tzadukim. So, that eventually, that was the poison that led to this lack of belief. Oh, very good. He's going to answer that question. Now he relies on the most famous Jewish favorite uh, of his time, the Jonathan Ibishet, the Jonathan Ibishet of Yorizvash, which was very influential and everybody, you know, took pages out of it and Salvation owes a lot to Yaris Vash, as he says here. The Ikra Korbano al Yidei Zeh This little thing of letting the Stukim in and, and, and allowing their presence, as small as they were, as Josephus says, they weren't so popular, but they were there, and they were present, and like Ralph Nader, they made a difference, right? Much more than Ralph Nader. Now, this is Salvation speaking. What happened also at that time, and maybe the Nisrabu Ozba Olam Kapatilisophian. There was an increase of natural philosophy. Talmudi Aristo, Aristotle's student, the Limuda Makhma Shakhariyatava, and trying to, you see, he's very careful here, metaphysics. In other words, Aristotelian metaphysics started getting adherence among the Jews in Bayashan. So you had the Stukim who were who called for a new interpretation of the laws and to interpret the laws based on logic and based on their own sensibilities of their day, opposite of, of the... That's, we view the Tzadukim as... Everybody, everybody wants to pin their heroes in a different way. Right? And then there was also concurrent with that, maybe, maybe in some way a weird offshoot of the meaning of Greece and, and Israel and eventually Roman Israel, there also came into Judaism at that time, this is what he's saying, uh, philosophers. Ah, the main question, Mata Amr bin Gemara di Yuma, the Bayishani Mechra Rabur Tinafrinam. 
as the Mara says, it's because of the hatred they have for one another. Oh. He sidesteps it. I've already written in another place, Perusha, what, what this means. I'm not going to like this. Why was it that Judaism was able to allow, they had this tolerance for these people to get such influence? These Sadukim and philosophers. I mean, really bringing in either a total alien system like the Aristotelians or people who sort of have undermined Torah Shabbat and called for just a, a common sense approach to the Sadukim to go to, to playing fast and loose with biblical interpretation. How did that happen that the Jews allowed that? It happened on Yudei Sinat Chinah. Why? On Yudei Hasinah, Mispardu Eilu Menachachomim Metabli Torah Shavalpeh. They hated primarily the rabbis. They, 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 they developed hatred and ultra-criticism of the rabbis, and therefore they refused to be connected with them. The Sinat Chinah was their Sinat towards the rabbis, the bearers of the tradition. That's who the sinner was primarily aimed at. And this is the reverse. His, his contemporary, the Mitzvah, actually says the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. He says that if you look at the Mitzvah in the beginning of Horatius, he actually says that it was the rabbis' sinner towards everyone else that was the problem. The Mitzvah writes, in other words, that his coalition Shiva, who we fought with, that we talked the stories about in previous classes, actually takes it the other track. But it's, it's just an interesting uh, irony. But he actually says, and again, he's a Shiva person, and I don't deny that he had his prejudices, but he actually felt that he felt under attack. He felt that, you know, it's the rabbis that are being vilified, and they were vilified in the Hoskola Press and other places. And he says it's because we, 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 we let ourselves criticize and say, well, Shanhara, and talk about the leaders of our nation, and we don't want to be close to them, and we, and, and, and we generate a hate for them. Um, I had a friend of mine, I had a, a friend of mine, somebody invited me to his house, and he told me that he gets together with a group of people every week, and they talk about the same three things all the time. They smoke cigars, and they talk about, A, uh, the fact that there's no, um, there aren't any good Jewish restaurants in, in Chicago, any good kosher restaurants in Chicago. Then they talk about how bad all the Jewish schools are in Chicago, and then they diss on all the co-ochever and all the rabbinical type people and all the yeshiva life. That's what they, so that's, their, that's their standard speech, what they do every week. I don't know if he was proud of it. He was just trying to tell me that, you know, this is a common principle, to, and that's where the hatred is. They are sin on this part of Again, even though you say, I don't hate them, I just want to be truthful, Salvation is saying that, that what happened in Bayesheni was a sinner. And, and the sinner was towards the people that they should have loved the most. And through that hatred, that sin of sinum, the society became fractured and they started doing their own thing. If, if, if you will allow, if the system will work if we allow it to. If we love the Chachamim in our midst, this is what he's saying, then they'll be able to do their job, and we'll be able to gain from them. But if we start feeling, you know, that, that we can, you know, we can pe- take them down a peg and, and start nitpicking and hating them, what eventually happens is, is that we become disconnected from them, and we start doing our own work. Um, everything here is elevation. I'm not saying, this, I'm not using this 
for myself. I'm just telling you this is his take on it. And you have to be impressed, you know, this mountain that he's building over here. Um, I'll call upon him, he says, because it all stemmed and by his shady from it was a spark that developed from the chet of the spies. She is so to by Emmet. It's really being told for the truth that she saw in a moon of a Masha Machiav Muhammad. Okay, we heard something bad, we didn't react well enough to it. That was the Chetha Ego. But when embarrassment really covered our face, that was Tishabov, when the Moravim came. The two Korbanos can be traced to those two sins. By Rishon was a spark of the Tetaego, by Yashegi came from the Fenimaragam. Now, this is the point that, um, that that everyone was making before. In a Roman Achnu, Shasheni Koshanarishon. The Korban of the Second Temple was a much bigger tragedy than the first one. Why? How they moved? Much worse. The, and you see, the Ba'ego, you see the Ego, which is the paradigm for that step. Here we go. 
very good question, though. Um, he says like this. He says, what you need to say is, the rule is, is that a lack of belief, not really believing that God is here with us, is a much worse thing than believing there's another system no, of religion. Neither believe that God is with us. No, no, no. no. Avodah Zara sort of believes that God, he says, has given control, and there's a, there's a shortcut path that you can take, and you don't need the path of God. That's what Avodah Zara is. That there is that the idol is the representative of God, not the replacement for God. Right, and therefore it's also a quick-fix representative. In other words, you can just decide to seal yourself into the Avodizara place, which is ultimately, which is ultimately delegated by God. God ultimately delegates the authority to it, but you could pretty much live your life within the Avodizara principles and not have to necessarily do all the, the laws of, 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 of the Zara. You might have to do other laws. You might have to do other things. You might have to other plant certain plants and water certain things and, and, and bed, bow down to certain metals and things like that. Right. You might have to do a lot of other stuff, but you know it, it, it's taking a different track, and it might be easier for you. That's what a vote is always about. Right. Many of those are also makes big demands on its adherence, right? Whereas here we're talking about a complete loosening of the bonds altogether. It's not about being bonded to any power beyond yourself. It's really about embracing the natural world, belief in your own intellectual abilities. It's better to embrace idolatry than it is to embrace the natural world. Right. Well, you see what he says. Why? Take a look. He says, the Look at the two um, the diasporas that occurred. Ha'afam kosha. This one we're in now which is a byproduct of the Second Temple, look how long it is. Okay, it was 70. But forget about the 70 years. Even during the 70 years, it wasn't so bad. Yeah, it started off pretty tough. They took us down in chains. But then they undid the chains, and we set up a shop, and they made, you know, and they made even Marcuses, and they made, and they, they made a bunch of little shops, and they stood there, and they were potters, and, and stuff like that. It wasn't so bad eight Lambablian. The Gan Fiakar Abu Shivam Shana, and then after seventy years, Karish got around and Nigal they were able to go out the Korban Ashani, Shahayabur Kyokalamuna, this second Korban, which is again not Sinosina, but Sinosina that led, according to him, to this total breakdown in true belief. Who are Harvey, look how long it is. So who mitama now? Why? The Kilkalamuna, not being being soft and not believing is worse than Avodizara. The Otam was that. The Chetam, are you sure of What was the Chet? Think about it, he said. They served Avodizara. They served Baal Sassan, they served Baal, they served Asherah. Take us to Shenecharu, but then all that Avodizara didn't help them because the base of was destroyed and they were smashed. And they, they turned around and said, Kiru, Third line in the second column, page 26. Are you days they goofa? Sheinbo avoda azora sheoto shumamish. Avoda zora didn't help us because look, it, it didn't resist the power of of, of Babylon. So history can shake up their brains and say, boy, did we make a mistake? This is a question. That's what keeps going on. They're sinning, they're repenting. They're sinning, they're repenting. That's the whole cycle. And, and avoda zora can easily be washed away by by a lack of success. In other words, I threw myself in. It's like this is a get rich, get rich scheme. It didn't work, so you throw that out. It's on the dust pile, right? 
Valkane Benakel Koyu had Moshu Bichuba. And that's why in Babel they recognized the error of their ways and they truly did do tshuva. Masha'en came to go with Ashram, but this is one we're in now. Shachoya Avuachi Thor and Amuna, which came because of a breakdown in belief. Harei Komasha Nishkahu Begos. The longer we're here, the longer we stay in this situation, Harei Bechol Yom, he tells that I have to repart it. It gets worse. And we start saying to God, the more it came from that belief, and it just gets stronger the longer we stay here. By the days then, it's Rabbi Yosef, Hamirsho, Bahatol. And actually, this stumbling block and mistake gets stronger and stronger. With what I call the Teva. Because what happens is instead of, a, instead of Golis turning us into a people who believe, it can turn us into a people of non-believers. Yeah, we're never getting out. Oh, it's crazy. Just, you're sitting here, you're waiting. How many thousand years can you wait for the Mashiach to come? Every year that we don't get redeemed, it actually could, it should add more skeptics to the pile. And therefore people say, I yell at Hayden, also, but where is God that we, that, that we, we hope it? Um, and this is the part, Bernie, that, that I think really relates to what you're saying. The God owed, we are sure in this Amuna, how we, someone has really gone off the derech, as they say, really doesn't believe in a God who's caring and involved, who really is anosi, is very weak. It's hard for him to come back. To come back and to become a believer again after he's been a, after he was a believer. And whatever happened, he starts becoming a skeptic. Whether it was a hard knocks or a convincing or whatever it was, or a very great philosophy teacher, whatever it was, it's hard to go back again. Once you've lost your amuna, it's hard to come back. In the Mamish, unless you're just willing to take an incredible leap of faith and just give away everything and the buildup of your whole life. the says, Anyone who goes down that path, he ain't coming back. The he's not going to reach it. True, there are some that come back, but you hear the stories. You hear the stories, these people come back and become, you know, big teachers in North America and all these other places, right? You have these people who, but, uh, you know, their, their stories are a little bit different if you want to know the truth. Those are people who really weren't exposed to, to true Judaism or Torah Judaism, and somehow an epiphany occurs and they're able to, to come back. But someone who was in Judaism and was trained and, and, and taught and then loses their amuna, those people, very few of them, really come back. And I think he's right here. And we all know people who have gone off, the, as we say, it's much tougher. Because, you know, uh, it's a hard thing to come back and, and accept um, that really God is so with you. Again, you could have it. It's Mesir Nevesh. Therefore, he says, Chorben, and again, it's a paradox, but that's why Chorben Shadi let Nimsha Chaza Yotam and Arisham. Hayotam over Lamawa. And then he, he made it, which we skipped about the Torah, that somehow the, the, the Paraduma has some connection to this. He says that basically the point is there are two basic chaplain. One is Zavodah and and that's adding some sort of new belief. And the second is Anochi, which is a, a lack of Amuna. The first one was the first temple, the second was the second temple. Um, so there, therefore, one second, just one, one more thing, Jules, and that's why in our time, again, it gives you a little bit of hope. He says, before the Gula, 
He says you're going to see a strengthening, some sort of abnormal strengthening of this Yetzirah of non-belief. And there's going to be a special attack, he says, on Uvaprat, the Torah about that. There's going to be attacks, especially just like they were when it started in Bias Shemi. Attacks again against the oral Torah, which of course happened in his time. That's really the beginning of the conservative movement and the movement that you know, wanted to, to change Judaism and to say Torah Shabbat, that wasn't true. Well, the Gibbeth HaKomit. The Yisrael men of Yisrael Harvey were going to really have to, we're going to suffer from it a lot. The he could die with Sakin Osoachet. Today with Sakin Osoachet. I don't know how this works, but somehow, the, 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 when the gauntlet is thrown down right before Mashiach time, he says, it will be our attack on, in other words, somehow the Yitzhakara will rear its head one more time to try to finish us off, and then is when we need to strengthen against it. Uh, and that's when we have to fix that set, the Babur Dachar Babayas. And this is a very scary sentence that he says here. Umiyashir, take a look here, Umiyashir, Yishar Shoem, Bebunoso, Yitzhakara. This is a time that we're going to lose people in Kalyasha. This is going to be an attack, and we have to, you know, what is it, what Henry the Fifth said, you know, stick to the sticky place, what do you say? We have to, um, what is it again? The famous speech of food that he gave before. We have to stick to something, you know, we have to be very firm now in Armuna. And the ones that will be shown in Armuna, Yisgulagula, sounds to me, although he doesn't say it outright, is that he feels that it's such a savage attack now that it's going to be going to cleanse out the Jew from the, the pseudo-Jew. That there's going to be people who are going to fall. The people who, the big attackers... What about the ones that are better than Well, they're not going to... They're going to have to be some other time. If you believe in the Ganesh or in the Olaba. But in the Guru, it sounds like that there'll be this attack, and it's only the ones that are showing the Amunah who will, will really go out of, uh, will have Gerula. And that's what he says, is that, um, Freddie, what you want to say? Yeah. Um, he doesn't say anything about, um, the that you believe, and that, uh, the thing that came to mind is almost well, right. he, he believes that these are mostly mitzvahsay, as he said, all mitzvahsay, the, 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 correct, the sources of all mitzvahsay, of all action of doing God's will, is the belief that he's here and that he's with us and that we, we celebrate his existence by fulfilling these mitzvahs. So he's never going to do mitzvahs. Yeah, I think he, but, but I think what he, what he saw in his time was, you know, with with, with Abdul and other uh, uh, other systems that were taking Jewish children away from the yeshiva and taking them out into other environments. And it's right, and an environment, and their critique was is that you know you're believing in primitive nonsense, and that you know you have to believe in you know in, in, in the brave new world. And he felt, as you can see here, he, look what he says. He says, Kodam HaGerula, he's Gagashen HaEtzar Just like it was in the time of the Stukin, the attacks against the rabbis, it's going to happen again, and it's happening now. 
over Prat Batarish about that. And that would be attack on the Yeshiva world over Gibayachachomim. The Yizbu will be men of Yitzhak Harvey, the Jews will suffer a lot from it. And why is Hashem bringing this crucible? He today was sakin of Salachem. It will somehow fix the original chet of Avur Nechavavai. Meaning the belief in Teresh the belief in rabbinic Judaism, the belief in those traditions, which ultimately he feels is connected to the belief in God, the belief in Torah Mitzvah, they're the ones that will have Gula, whereas everyone else, it sounds like, will fall off, just like the four-fifths of the Jews that died in Egypt. That seems to be his, that seems to be his outlook of what's going to happen, not just Ibrakarish where everybody will somehow see the light, but actually, you know, and maybe they will. But it sounds like whoever is left, held the Zohar de Gula. And that's what the Gemara says in Makos, that Chabaku came and took all the mitzvahs and reduced them to one. Sadik Zemunoso Yichya. And that's really your point, Fred. He doesn't mean you don't do any other mitzvahs. Chabaku is talking about the Mashiach coming. The Ochazam Lamoe. That's talking about the time. Even though it's going to take a long time, wait for him. Then he'll be that Sadiq, and he will live, and live as a Jew, and continue to live as a Jew through the Messianic times. So it's cryptic here, but I think I'm correct in what I'm inferring. Um, I don't think I don't think he would have written this today. Um, and the reason is because the battle. I don't know. It seems to me is not as intense as it was then. On one hand, you're right. There's a lot less belief. I think this is this is brilliant. What he wrote. I think this is okay. one of the. I mean, yeah. the first time I really felt like it's a, it's a real critic. I think it's real. I'm, I, I'm happy that you think of it brilliant. I don't know if he would say we're in the crucible now, too. Because there's so much in the Balthusian movement, there's so much that, that, that is different than it was 140 years ago. As much as, as, much as belief is under attack, and, 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 and there's more science than ever, and there's more philosophy than ever, and more systems than ever, and, and most people don't believe in God, you know, like in that book that I mentioned, like the, 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 the evolutionist says, oh, of course, creationism is wrong, 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 wrong. It can't be. It can't be there's really a God behind all these evolutionary genetic changes. Um, you know, so there's a lack of people are lacking. Right. So what do you say about, what do you do with those people that, you know, that have a lack of Well, he says that, he almost can't, he says it's very, some of them with great material snappers can come back. But most of them won't. Well, so what, what, what do you say to do about that? They separate them from everybody else. They don't contaminate. Well, they're going to leave anyway. It sounds like it. I mean, you know, it's true. They're going to make up their own. I think he just—they're going to form their own versions of, of, of Judaism, which is not. Again, this gets back into Hirsch's big debate. You know, you know, in Germany, Hirsch wanted the reform uh, to be considered a total separate community. Um, you know, in the eyes of the government, right? The government, the Gemeinde, should, should, this is the Machlokas Hirsch and Israel Wildersheimer, is how they should view the, you know, the reformed Jews. I think Salvation clearly is not too happy with them, and he feels that they really represent genealogical Jews, but not, again, I'm not saying this is what I believe. 
and you know, I think that it, I think I think he would be heartened by by so much of the turnaround that wasn't happening in his time. You know, they had the you know they had the Graf Potosky with the with the with the famous Garrett Sedek. You know, I'm talking about the famous Graf Potosky. Is this we saw it great? Is that in Vilna? No, in Warsaw. Where his oh. Was. oh, right. So that was like the, he was the great of the of the Lithuanian Jews, and but but I always was touched by the fact they killed him, of course, and he was a he was a tremendous Sadik, but there weren't that many of them. There weren't that many Gayrim and people who came over, and when they were, they were magnificent people. The amount of I can again look how many Gayrim we have. The Manas have even in this community. Wonderful, wonderful Gary Sedek, who from from all over. And really, I don't think that in his time he had such a he had such a, a searching that seemed to lead people. But that's from a lot of to to that's not right. from you know. That's, I mean, basically, right. it's finding the right outlet As for your Muna, right? right? Yeah. Isn't that what that's it is? True. So yeah. it's not. It doesn't refer back to what you know. Do but but, but, but he, how many? Again, he he saw people in his time that went away from being raised like a firm good yeshiva boy and saw them become non-believers and skeptics. Do we find that happening today as much, you know, there's such polarization. I, I don't see that happening. I have a couple of friends, yes. I have a good percentage of several who, who are like that, but I don't think it's the same threat that it was. What do you think? I, I think if you look at the numbers, the, yeah. the percentage of the, of the Jewish people that are actually Orthodox are probably less now than in his day. Just because of exposure and assimilation. Because you're right. Exactly. If you were Jew, if you were Jewish, then you were you were identified. This is just the cup of the of the changing attitude. But now you have so much freedom, so much assimilation. That percentage-wise, there's probably less people who are true believers than there were in his day. So, small amount of people that in the areas, small amount they do. I don't deny that. But all people are coming back because there have been generations of assimilation. At this time, you didn't have generations of assimilation. We now have generations of assimilation where people who grew up not knowing anything, so there's the ability to return. Okay, but the phenomena of 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 it creeping into the to the to the world of Torah, and then you have you know all of a sudden he sh- took off his yarmulke and shaved his beard and became an apicayer. You don't really have that as much today as, as you did in his time. And in his time, you had a lot of... starting point is already. That's, right. that's, that's already. Already. That's what I mean. That's already okay. diluted. That's right. That's right. So, but, but the idea of... See, he felt this, which means he felt that the battle was, uh, was, 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 was being waged to grab people away. And you're, and you're saying that they, they succeeded. <laughs> and so many right. people, they did. Right. But it, it seems like it came to a stop. That's my point. That it seems like you know the Shiva world did build up a certain uh, certain blood, and and, it, and maybe it had to do with Telramada, maybe that had to do with uh, you know day school, maybe that had to do with you know because remember we talked a couple weeks ago that Salvatric raved against you know the secular schools, and we were wondering what he would have said had there been this you know a modern or you know this approach of having a, a school that had secular education along with Telra. But I think the beachhead was was developed, and you don't see the same sort of flipping away in the same numbers as what what he was scared about, what he saw. 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, you still have most, and, and in your right schools, most of the world is not believing. Most of the world doesn't really, although they might call themselves Jews, don't don't fulfill the mitzvot. Definitely don't have a sort of strong belief that he's he's talking about. On the other hand, there is a pretty strong belief system in place, and I don't hear so many stories of defection from the Haredi world and the Yeshiva world. You, you don't hear as many as if you heard in those times. was 
thou shalt not have any other gods before me, that was a Molech during the first temple. And although the first temple was destroyed because of it, we got up like Rocky and came back in the second round, and in the second we came back and won. And that's how we eliminated the Avodazara of Yetzirah. In a sense, Amalek was beaten by us. But the other aspect of Amalek, which is trying to bring us down, and Amalek is also trying to bring us down in terms of a lack of the Muna, and he says, this is one thing that he says, take a look on page 27, he says that um, on the bottom of the first column, and I have to wind it up here because otherwise... My daughter's waiting for me, but he says, Omnam the Prophet Shaini, page 27, the first column, Nemer Kimocha It's going to be Hashem doing it. Hashem has promised that He's going to be the one to do it. That's the Yitzhakara of, 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 of lack of belief. We can't have the Mitzvah. Why? We can't uproot it if someone doesn't want to believe. If someone is already infected by this, all the debates aren't going to help. And even what we do in keeping Torah and Mitzvah, we can't be commanded. God, has, God would be not able in a society to command us to uproot that evil. Why? Did me, look what he says there. Did me should plug If someone has already become um, jaundiced and can't believe, all the courses and debates aren't going to work. The more you're going to argue with them, to try to get him to believe, well, you're all close. It's not going to help. All the proofs and the arguments and the history and all the stuff you have and the pamphlets, at the end, it's going to be about do you believe and jumping into belief. I, we find the rabbis did debate. They tried to show them up. That was that their questions from the Torah shouldn't be questions. The list and to shrug up, to knock down their proofs. They wanted to show the opposite, so we were able to get it back to, we were able to show that they had no proof. The Tzvikam, the Vikucham. And they were able to win the battle about what that Pasuk means. Or that it doesn't prove their way. Either that they'll have to admit our way, that that's the Pshat and Pasuk, but the best they were trying to get was a draw, to get them to admit that the Pasuk doesn't prove their point. But this is an amazing thing. To get them to actually believe like us, you can't do it with the proof. You have to only believe. That's why. That's why the rabbi, on the other hand, says, don't argue with them. And they said, Apikaris, you throw. If you have an Apikaris who's a Jew, Altan, feel. Don't try to answer him. The coach gave the Pokat say, because since he, he's already entrenched even deeper, it'll actually make him worse. In, in this debate, the if you do find a person who has this sort of lack of belief, if he's a Jew, the Beis says, also with Vatei You shouldn't really get involved in debate with him. 
Rak HaEitzah was Roach Mimenu. The best Eitzah is, is to basically not deal with him. The Roshuv Lachazek is Atzmo and try to work on yourself and say, Oh, at least I don't, I hope I'm not like him. <laughs> because he could affect you. And that's what he says before, because that's why, if you take a look to the Chacham in the three, in the four sons, in the, in the, in the Andada, he says that the only one you don't talk to directly is the Russian. You just say, leave the low world. You don't say leave the low world. Leave a little will, because you don't really want to in- include him in the debate, because it's like, you fell down. Because, yes. That's the best. That was not good. Because of da, not supposed to be black. That's right. So that in the sense, oh, so you, you have to be on the level to do that. No, no. Only he's he's right. That the normal the normal die in the world, the normal regular Jew, the rabbis they stay away. However, the the the, the great ones have to know what to tell the Apicorus and because of the audience. He's brilliant about the sense you're not gonna you're not gonna disprove the Apicorus. In other words, you're calling to the other people at the Seder, don't be influenced by him. You have to know what to say. But he's right that you're probably not going to change the Apicorus. This is this is true. How many Apicorusum really get changed? Right? Very few. But what you have to do, you're right. If you run away and show you're, uh, uh, you show you're scared, then your Talmudim will also say, oh, Rabbi's scared. Of course, if you have to do it for the sake of, 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 of cloud control, for the sake of your students, you have to be smart enough to know the answers. You should try to avoid the public debate if you can, but if you are able to do it, you should. I don't think he's denying that. Um, but uh, if you read it again, then you'll see. But I think he's right about the fact that uh, it's hard to, to change someone in that way. Um, anyway, I gotta run, but you, I think you see a little bit here of, 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 a, of, of a system, and I think it talks a little bit about the two mitzvahs of, of Amalek, and that's why we're hoping that really it's only Hashem who will hopefully, from the follow, that he shouldn't somehow eliminate the power of Amalek, and, 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 and that we, we need him to do that. Somehow he can bring an epiphany or whatever it is to, to the minds and hearts of the happy cards. Mm-hmm. Take care of a good show, a good job. Mm-hmm. Get the trip next week. Get them to tell me the exact time now. It's, uh, 10 or 2. Yeah, 10 or 2. Yeah. Yeah.